Wanderers show. Welcome along to, I suppose, what you could call extra time of the uh, Wickham Wanderers show season, because I guess the, <laughs> officially the season's finished. I think you'd call it a very special edition where we're going to be very, very excited about the fact that we got to Wembley. This is very Goodness exciting. me. It doesn't, you know, obviously it doesn't happen every day. Although with Wickham Wanderers, actually, it, it, it's, it's becoming quite a regular occurrence. Imagine if it happened every day. Well, yes, that's true. It'd be like Christmas, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be quite the same. Uh, but even so, goodness me, uh, we overcame MK. Such I, a lot seems I, to have happened since we last on, doesn't I it? I think if we were all really, really honest, actually, I don't know how many of us really expected that that was going to happen, particularly after they talked Plymouth 5-0 in, the, in that, that game just before. Um, but we did it. Yes, because on Thursday, we, we, uh, the home leg, we sort of quashed them or quelled yes. them, and then the other on, on Sunday. But even so, I, you know, I, I mean, the 2-0 two nil, two nil was great, um, but as Liverpool proved against Villarreal in that, that semi-final, you know, 2-0 two, two is not always a very safe scoreline. Uh, and the fact that MK had a player sent off, obviously, at Adam's mm. part, and you were thinking, hmm, wonder if we should have capitalised a little bit more rather than just getting the, the goal from, from Sam Vokes to make it 2-0. Um, and, of course, you know, and, and everybody then saying, well, you know, if, if, if whoever gets the first goal at Stadium MK, that's going to be the crucial thing. And they went and got it, and then it was just like, oh, goodness me. What a, what a nervous game. I'm still recovering now. Well, we'll hear more uh, from Bob, who was at, uh, as I say, the Milton Keynes um, branch. Stadium, yes. <laughs> I was going to say bowl, that's a different <laughs> venue entirely. Uh, but uh, we'll also hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth, we'll catch up with his assistant Richard Dobson, and hear from Man of the Match on Sunday night, David Stockdale as well. Stockdale! Absolutely. Uh, also, uh, we'll uh, get the thoughts of uh, Jack Grimmer uh, a bit later on as well. Uh, defender, of course. Um, <laughs> Grimmer! <laughs> Everyone's got a chant, haven't they? They have, yes. Even the Kuhigs. The Kuhigs had a chant on on Sunday, which I hadn't seen before. Uh, There were people chanting Kuhig, Kuhig, uh, when when Pete and Rob were were approaching the crowd at the end. Uh, Someone else who's got a chant, of course, is Sam Wood. Yes. Uh, which, as touched on, is also borrowed by Sam I was Blokes just... Now, <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. I always feel a bit bad for players who had a chance and then new players get that chance as well. I, I, you know, uh, it's almost as if you've got a used chance. This used to be mine. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, again, another word about Ryan Tafazoli's chance. He, he is the player with the best chance. Um, the fact that the fans have now um, adapted Lady Gaga's paparazzi uh, oh, yes. <laughs> into a version of Tafazoli is, again, is a thing of beauty. Absolutely. I will also hear from uh, Matt Cecil as well from the club on ticket news for the final. Cecil. <laughs> they weren't actually chanting that. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> no, but it might Even though on. it was very obvious that he was there on, on the pitch on Sunday night. Yes. So, first of all, then, briefly, the first leg. Uh, let's, let's, what, what, let's what a fantastic evening that was. Oh, it was what a brilliant atmosphere. You know, and also, we did that all on our own. We didn't need our friends from Spain. Our friends from Spain are always very welcome. But it was, it was better than the, the Plymouth Argyle atmosphere. It was absolutely wonderful last Thursday night. Uh, you know, the, the, absolutely the kudos to everybody who was there. Because all three stands were chanting, were loud. It wasn't just the, the Valley Terrace. It was brilliant. It was such a good good. Night. One of those games that you can say you were at. Indeed, it really was, wasn't it? One of those games that you can say that you were at, um, and you know, and the team I thought performed absolutely brilliantly. Really, really good, solid display, um, and obviously, you know, setting us up then for the the second leg and what was to come. Absolutely, uh, manager Gareth Ainsworth, uh, as you can expect, uh, very pleased afterwards when he spoke to Phil. The book was written last time we, we got promoted, and, and it's well known that I do I do sit down in the afternoons and write these speeches that I try and 
give the boys some belief and some some uh, some emotion into them uh, about why they will win this game and how they can win this game. And uh, and again, I did one before the game. You know, um, it stays between us. And uh, but uh, but I'm glad to say a couple of things that that, that came into the game that they needed to you know they needed from that this afternoon. And I just think that um, the boys themselves are just they're just an amazing group. The players are awesome, and this place was absolutely bouncing. It was the best I've ever seen it. You know, it really was. And and, and can I just say that thank you to all fans today for the behaviour. It was brilliant. It was a real football occasion. That's what we wanted. You know, there's there's no room for any rubbish or any you know any abuse or stuff like that in football. Both sets of fans. You know, they were they were awesome. Real real good footballing occasion. It's going to be the same on Sunday. I'm pretty sure. And, the best team over two legs will, will go to Wembley. And the best team over two legs is going to Wembley. And they are indeed. And I've heard a lot said uh, since Sunday uh, about the way that we played on Sunday night. And you just think, I- I'm sorry, you know, we-, we won the game. Football, you win by scoring more goals than the opposition. If you want a sport that, that has, say, artistic merit, then-, then go and watch ice skating. Because football, that's the deal. And yes, OK, you know, yeah, yeah MK were better than us on Sunday. But the way that we defended, the way that David Stockdale ensured that actually after that first goal, and it wasn't really much of a goal, it was it, it looked more like a header where he was trying to cross the the like head it across the goal, and he headed it a bit wrong, and it managed to go in. Um, after that, you know, weren't we just absolutely wonderful uh, as a footballing spectacle? I thought it was brilliant. Just in the you know, you could see exactly what was going on. It was MK desperate to score a goal, and Wickham just denying them at every opportunity. And so many of the team playing such a key part as oh, well. Oh, just, yeah, you know, everybody. I mean, Joe Jacobson. Joe Jacobson and that tackle. Just absolutely incredible. And Jacobson, one of those players that so many people, if we're having a little bit of a bad spell, will say sort of things like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm beginning to think JJ's a bit past it and whatever. And every time he comes back and proves why he should be in the team, and none more so than on Sunday, that tackle was, was you know... It, again, if that had happened, if a Manchester City player had done that, we would have heard about it for the rest of the week. Mm. But because it's in the League One playoff semi-final, then it doesn't really get mentioned. Uh, just briefly, to do things chronologically, before we leave um, Thursday behind oh, yes, as well. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, because, <laughs> because of our... Uh, uh, we have pr- so, we, we've plugged him, so we better play him. Yes, our pre-match uh, build-up, of course, uh, from Adams Park, a number of guests, uh, including uh, Pete Kiwik, who we must say a very big hello to. Hello, um, Pete. It's... <laughs> Turns out he's a fan of the show. Oh, the podcast on Thursday night. Something. Uh, a lot of times I try to listen to it live on the radio, but yeah. most sometimes I got to listen to the podcast. podcast. So no, we really appreciate. You know support. what? We've enjoyed it. Actually, it's yeah, been yeah. a lot of fun doing this. There and, really and, you know, we hope we can go through next season and do more of this. It's been great. But listen, thank you for your awesome. support as always. There we go. Pete Curry, everybody. Thank you for applause. Very good indeed. Uh, Rob and Luke and Sally, of course, and Martin have been a, a key part of uh, home game build-ups. They very much have. And we're, we're looking forward to bringing the build-up uh, to the Sunderland game a week on Saturday. More details will be coming out on Wickham Sound uh, during the, the next week and a half. Oh, good plug. Yes. Uh, also, uh, let's return then to Sunday. And ahead of the game, uh, we'd already heard that the supporters were, were uh, some, somewhat se- separated. And in, it, it sounded ridiculous when we heard about it. And actually, when, when you saw where we were, it was just the most crazy thing i mean stadium mk anyway is the strangest stadium in that it's been there now for quite a long time and every time we visit it still feels like it's half finished there's still bits that actually haven't got seats and i know that that the mk fans will say oh this is because there's going to be a concert during the summer 
I think it's My Chemical Romance uh, performing at Stadium MK. And for some reason, that's the reason why we were on the upper tier. But I think that was just an excuse because there's concerts, going to be concerts at lots of football stadiums. Including Wembley. Including Wembley and Spurs um, um, because I've got tickets for a, 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 a concert at Spurs. And, you know, and they haven't started moving the away fans because of that. So, you know, let's face it, that was just an excuse. It was absolutely ridiculous as well that we then had sort of like what, what amounted to about 10 seats between the two blocks and we weren't allowed to cross between those two blocks so if you went in say door one or door three because those were the two doors that, that that we entered in and you had a friend in the other uh, other side and you wanted to go and see them you weren't allowed and it, oh i don't know the whole thing was just a bit of a joke but as gareth says I think actually it seriously backfired on them because actually us in that top tier, the acoustics were rather wonderful and meant that actually that we could be heard and we were loud and we were proud for the whole 90 minutes. It was a fantastic atmosphere, a fantastic effort by all the the Wickham fans uh, and we didn't really hear that much, to be honest, from the, the MK fans. You know, I, I appreciate it. It was, it was a home game for them um, and you're never really expecting the, the home fans to make quite as much noise, although I would quote Thursday night as being a time when actually the home fans did make more noise than the away fans. But yeah, it was just ridiculous. The 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 thing with the fans and then a few other things as well. So the the fact that um the supporters around me who tried to bring flags in were were apparently told that they weren't allowed to bring the flags in and that just seemed ridiculous. And particularly when MK have a banner that says the club that didn't die, which is offensive on so many levels. You just think, no, no, okay, the club that didn't die is the club that currently now plays at Plough Lane. <laughs> you know, the, n- not this strange incarnation of, of of Wimbledon that sort of like exists like Frankenstein's monster in the north of the county. And so, yeah, just don't, you know, that 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 banner is not needed. I completely appreciate that that our friends up at MK, they now exist, but they don't have to keep harping on about actually what happened previously. Um, but also then, we, we had the, the situation, beginning of the second half, the, the tunnel, you know how the tunnel comes out and then gets taken back in again? So so tunnel comes out for the MK players, and as soon as the MK players are out on the pitch, it goes back in again. And you think, well, what, what on earth was that about? And also the watering of the pitch. So they carried on watering the pitch. Only Wickham's half whilst Wickham were actually out, ready to kick off. I've never, ever seen that before, that actually when the players are there and you know, and the referee's there with the ball and the sprinklers are still going on, just all of these little things would just seemed a little bit strange and probably were little psychological digs. And it was so, so brilliant that it didn't work at all. And you do think the one person that you definitely do not want to be playing mind games against is Gareth Ainsworth, because he will always use it to his advantage as it proved on Sunday. And as you can imagine, he was pretty excited when speaking to Phil afterwards. Gareth, we're going to Wembley again. <laughs> Come on! I'm so, so pleased, honestly. And this time, these guys are coming oh, with us. They're coming with us, and they'll come ten times what they had tonight. I'm so glad for those tonight. They were split up. We had MK, we trying every sporting advantage, they called it, as they could. I think putting up there, actually... I think the acoustics were better. I think the roof made them even louder and it was great, you know. They really didn't stop singing the whole game. I was so pleased to be able to go over there and say, thank you. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for sticking with me all these years. We're going back to Wembley. Third time, it's, it's incredible, honestly. But listen, the boys were sensational. Sensational tonight. We came with a plan to try and do what we did at our place, 
very difficult, you know, it was going to be a total different game, they were going to gamble a little bit more, they played Corbinu, I thought a fantastic game down the right there, you know, and, uh, and really pinned us back, so after they scored, um, we changed to a deep press, we just went to, and at half time, I got, the, I got it into the boys that we wanted to go deeper, we wanted to deny all the space in our half, we've done it before, the last time we did it was Norwich in the Championship and almost got something out of that game, I told them, you can get something out of this game. We needed David Stockdale. We needed blocks of plenty. We needed people to stop crosses, but they were there. And when it counted, they stood up. There's, there's so many games in my team, so much experience. So proud of them, and uh, can't wait to go to Wembley. Across the two legs, we've seen every facet of Wickham Wanderers, haven't we? Yeah, do you know what? Uh, I actually got calmer today as the game went on. I think you said that to me earlier, and, and a bit panicky at the start not panicky I'm not, I'm not panicky I'm a manager but a bit like oh what's going on here you know how do I change at about four different formations going through my head substitution changes half time and then you know we work out just this deep press and, and, and credit some of the players they, they, they come on there and said look we're getting we're getting run the gaps are here and then I have to come up with a solution but getting Dominic and Josh in front of that back four was key today to stop Twine who is a fantastic player to, uh, to do what he does listen I'm not going to stand here and say we're the better team tonight MK Dons were the better team but over the two legs Wickham were the better team and that's proven by a 2-1 scoreline and I can't believe we're going to Wembley it's going to be amazing and I'm, I'm so looking forward to it you've, you've achieved some pretty unbelievable things for Wickham Wanderers already when that whistle went tonight where does that rank in the feelings yeah you've had? it's right up there it's right up there it was a Wembley feeling against Oxford because um the relief almost as well, but there's no pressure. As I always say, I look the conference in the face and and just just touched it and, and got away from it. We're never going to go back to that place. That was the biggest learning ever and the most pressure I've ever felt in my life. This is not pressure. This is this is enjoyment. This is fun. This is something that we achieved together. I am so so proud of those boys, you know. And uh, when that final whistle went, you know, when we got the throw in there with 20 seconds to go. I knew that might be it and uh, yeah, like I say, we weren't the better team tonight. MK Don's played some real good stuff. They've got some fabulous players. Whether they keep all of them or not, I don't know. Darling, Twine, you know, they're going to go to big, big places and, and have great careers. But Jacobson, Stockdale, Akin Fenwa, Volks, McCleary, they've had brilliant careers and they've got another big game coming up. I can't wait to, to see the faces when we go to Wembley, the build-up to Wembley. Everyone writing us off again because we will be the underdogs as always. We could do this. And uh, all those people who said, Wickham, what the hell are they doing there? What a fluke. 1.74, all that sort of stuff. With our merit this time. Um, proper merit. That was a brilliant defensive display and the boys deserve their chance at Wembley. A lot of defending going on on uh, the night as well. Uh, Richard Dobson, uh, Gareth's assistant, uh, also spoke to Phil. It's funny, I was just referring back to the, uh, the Fleetwood game. You know, we, we beat Fleetwood 4-1 and they come out firing at our place in the, the second leg and I said to the staff the other day, you know, the game won't be done on the first leg. There'll still be plenty of football and, you know, when they got that go after 20-odd minutes, you're thinking this is, this is going to be a long night but our boys dug in, they're warriors, um, they fight and... and I mean, to a man, they were dead on their feet at the end, but the, the energy and the effort that they put in to protect that lead was, was outstanding, and I love every one of them. That, that lead from Thursday night, the second goal, a beautifully worked goal, proved absolutely crucial across the two times. It's amazing, isn't it, how two games between the same teams can look so different. Um, you know, we were terrific Thursday night, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, tonight, we, we struggled in the game, you know, it became a, a, real, a real fight for us, but... Um, 
uh, we, we got there we got the job done and, and that second goal the other night was crucial you know we needed to make that count and our dominance count and, and we did and, and fortunately for us MK Dons couldn't do it um, to the same extent tonight Rolling back the years Wickham have had some incredibly famous cup displays we'll talk about Filbert Street and, and Wimbledon away this is right up there and also the prize at the end of it another trip to Wembley but with the fans yeah absolutely and that, it, that, I was gutted last time when they missed out and um, you know, to go and do it again and, and to have them with us they were brilliant tonight weren't they absolutely brilliant and uh, just to take that moment and watching them celebrate up there with the you know, with the, the players at the end of the game and uh, the togetherness is just fantastic at this club at the moment it's a, it's a really really great club to be at and um, I'm so pleased for them that they got to witness that tonight uh, unfortunately there wasn't more of them here because we'd have taken that whole end I think had, had we been able to but um, for those that were with us tonight um, I'm so glad they enjoyed it and those at home hope they were dancing around their front rooms a really special occasion for uh, for fans to be at, similar to yourself, of course. Uh, yes, and uh, I'm amazed that particularly Gareth said how much he enjoyed it. Because goodness me, I don't think any of us really enjoyed it who were in the stands. Uh, I, I was standing there, particularly during the second half, just really wishing that actually I was watching it at home and that I could pause it on my on my skybox and and just go and make a cup of tea and just recover for for a little bit. It was so tense. We were sort of counting down during the second half, counting down like every five minute block, and then towards the end, sort of like every minute. Um, and thank goodness, actually, there wasn't. Considering it was it was Wigan Wanderers, there wasn't too too much additional time. You know, there was enough. And there was enough for, obviously, a few nervous moments. And goodness me, David Stockdale making that fantastic save right at the end. Um, but, yeah, when that final whistle went, it was absolutely just, just pandemonium in the stands. We were all... I, I think we, you know, we, we all celebrated hard, but then also realised, actually, just how emotionally exhausted we were as well. A few contenders from out of the match, but no surprises to got it. Yeah, indeed. Completely deserved it. Uh, David Stockdale speaking after the game. We knew that we can we stand them and our motto is all day long so look if we have to stand there and, and keep it out we just try our best 18 corners the first one hit the bar after that it was a very good defensive unit you were shaping that shouting at them I always do even if it's not a corner so no we go through it we, we I know it sounds like everyone says that we're just a one one person team as in how we go about things but we work yeah, 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 meticulously yeah, yeah. on these things and and that, that's what gets us results and it's, it's a results based business so. 18 corners and not conceding a goal that is incredible when you look at the stats across the, across just the game tonight in 90 minutes yeah and, and we'll look back on it and say this is, this is what we do you know we base ourselves on pride and it hurt us that one went in because other than that I mean obviously they had chances but it just felt like that was, that was probably one of the easiest ones they had so there was a save in the second half from our press seats at least from uh, Corbin who absolutely top draw and I was just pinching myself in this guy's 36 but he's playing like he's 16 yeah when you're when you with the, the older lads and, and you're an older statesman you, I, I kept saying you, you have to actions speak louder than words sometimes and uh, I've got a lot of things to prove still and, but I'm still learning you know at this age so just to be able to stand up and, and do it on an important night is uh it's good personally, but I, I can't I can't say that that I did it all alone because there was ten lads that ran the house out and then Wheels came oh, on and Jack came on. It, that's what it is. We, we know we're a team. We know whoever comes on that bench will run the hearts out and block and defend. So it, I might have made four saves, five saves, but how many blocks, how many tackles, judges tackle, you know. So it, it, it shouldn't just go to me that that's the team effort. 
Don't forget you can hear more of those interviews on Wanderers TV as well. And still to come between now and the end of the show, I've got uh, a good chat with uh, defender Jack Grimmer as well. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Still to come on the Wickham Wanderers show, we'll hear from Head of Media at the club, Matt Sassel, on some ticket news for the final. But first, uh, we, uh, we, we, our ex-player association slot this week is from someone who, well, is very appropriate for, for what's to come. Indeed, yes. He has played for Wickham Wanderers at a playoff final. Uh, he was uh, one of the players who was there back in uh, 2015 when, of course, it was slightly heartbreaking when we lost to uh, Southend United particularly because he was one of the players who missed a penalty. Um, but we're not going to focus on that at all. Um, so we are talking, of course, about the wonderful Sam Wood, uh, who was at Wickham for five years. He was Player of the Year in 2012. Uh, also took the goal of the season award uh, that year as well. Um, I bumped into him at the game uh, when we went down to, to Gillingham and said, would he be up for, for having a chat with us? Um, and then we, we confirmed the arrangement uh, last Thursday night because he was at um, the playoff semi-final first against MK Dons. The boys done fantastic. Um, obviously, MK, good side. Obviously, they have been all season and uh, the performance there the boys put in, yeah, it was set themselves up perfectly for the second leg. So, um, obviously, with all the fans there and obviously, I think it was a sellout as well on Thursday night. So, it was nice to see uh, it rocking, to be fair. And it was, uh, yeah, no, like I say, great team performance with the boys. A great atmosphere at Adams Park as well. As you say, really great to see so many there. Yeah, no, obviously, with obviously the last playoffs um, with COVID and stuff, it wasn't able to enjoy it as much. But seeing all the fans there, yeah, then I like they was definitely the 12th man for the boys on Thursday night. And um, by the sounds of it, uh, last night they were they were there again, even though there was a uh, not a lot of them there, but there was a huge voice for the, all the boys, and I think that spurred them on a little bit more. To be fair. And it was really nice when you get to see ex-players um, come to games as well. I'm sure you know many of your former teammates and other um, past eras as well come to the games too. But it must be really nice to catch up with with other other players as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously, I don't get um, much of a chance to get over because obviously I still play myself. So I'm always playing Saturdays and Tuesday nights myself. And um, my season managed to uh, finish a little bit earlier. So you know, it's worked in well for me to, um, like I say, come and watch the boys. Obviously, I think there's still about six or seven there who I know from when I was there. Um, and obviously Bloons, the Gaffar and Dobbo and things like that. So, you know, it's great to catch up with them and obviously see the performance uh, that I did on Thursday night. And uh, I think there was a few others there, Alfie Morrison, Aaron Pierre. So that's what Wickham does. The, um, what the, the recruitment, what um, Gareth does is fantastic. Like the boys, they get in and you all become like a little family and it shows with um, all the boys going back and watching. So... And did it really take you back to, to the, uh, your playoff experience of 2015 as well? Oh, definitely, definitely. So uh, it's obviously it's a good way to, uh, to obviously get promoted. Unfortunately, it didn't work out too well for me, but hopefully they can um, enjoy it once again um, with, with the fans being there this year. Perhaps you can give us an insight though into to what, what it's like for the build-up as well and the preparation for a, for a playoff final. Not much, really. Not much. It's just it's another game. Um, so you just kind of obviously do it a little bit nervous, obviously the occasion, but just go about doing your, your normal routines, having your pre-matches and doing what you normally do for a, a league game, really. Um, obviously, there is that added stuff, the press and all that. But I think a lot of boys are used to it now. And, um, no, it's just, yeah, it's just, like I say, it's another game and you just want to prepare the best you can, like you do every week in, week out for a league game. 
Because I think for fans, the, the playoffs seem such a lottery, don't they? But, but Wickham have got such a, a decent record in them of late. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, like you say, it's a one-game playoff now for them, so you never know what's going to happen. Um, and hopefully it works in Wickham's favour. And Obviously, I think they've got the players and they're a big, big game team, really, when you look at it. And uh, hopefully this is another big game and they can produce the goods. It'll be so great to have supporters at Wembley, especially after 2020 when, when fans weren't allowed because of the pandemic. Yeah, no, of course. Obviously, it's going to be a big uh, factor, I think. And obviously, just for the Wickham fans, being like not a bigger team, as they're saying, it was fun learning shit for Wednesday. But I think the whole town's going to get behind them. And obviously, they missed out on the, the last playoffs. So I think they're going to come in numbers this year. And it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere and so enjoyable for the club and the fans and the community, really. So I'm looking forward to it. And just going back to your own time at the club, what's your sort of earliest memories of, of when you started? It was well. I was travelling in at the time, so obviously from where I live in Kent. And uh, Gareth said to me, like, you need to move up. So I moved closer and into Wickham. So and obviously just walking around town and things like that, everyone was so polite and welcoming. And you know, it was fantastic. The fans there are brilliant. It's probably one of the best I've played with, really. So um, yeah, and it's just, everyone's just so. Obviously, I've been to a few of the games. Um, everyone's like just happy to see you and so polite and. Yeah, it's just a great atmosphere all around the club and the community. And you've got your own song as well, of course. Yeah, yeah. well, I did have. I think the other uh, Sammy Vokes who took it now, but <laughs> I let him have that one. He played a little bit higher than me, but no, it's fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's nice to have a little song when you go back and the fans uh, sing it and things like that. So it does put a big smile on my face and makes me feel appreciated. So it's, when you've got a little song, it's all like you give, when I was playing from Kim, fans something on the pitch so having a little song is a little uh, nice little gesture for me We mentioned the playoff final but were there any other particular games or occasions that really stand out during your time at the club? Well obviously I scored a few goals that was all, I never scored a tackle really so I think the fans enjoyed that and um, it was just, uh, just I just enjoyed my whole time with them, I really did it was a fantastic time for me um, obviously with the tour queue, it's all a lot of ups and downs, but as it always is up with them, obviously, down maybe from relegation and then obviously into the playoffs and things like that. Um, but I think going to Tottenham was massive, like the fans there, and obviously taking Tottenham at White Hart Lane to the 96 minute and being in the game and stuff like that. The fans there were incredible again, so I think the Tottenham game was a, a big standout. And when you were playing, did you get a sense that the team was really progressing as well? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, obviously, like I said, from Gareth taking over and getting relegated, and then obviously the next year going to Wembley, it's just like he was always going to go on the up, and obviously it showed, and it has. So I'm um, like, so happy for obviously uh, Gareth and Bobbo, all the work they put in over the years, and and it's paid off, and uh, hopefully it carries on. And obviously, speaking to, to Gareth, his optimism and motivation really comes across. That must be something that really uh, he, he employs in the dressing room as well. Oh, yeah. He's a motivator. No, no, no doubt about that. You can't do anything wrong with Gareth. He, if you shoot from, I don't know, 40, 30 yards and it goes over, he's like, he, like, he buzzes off it, gets the crowd going, and he's like, and he tells you to do it again. Do you know what I mean? You just keep doing what you're doing, and things will pay off, and he's, he's good at that. He's a um, management getting people up for games and things like that. You can't do, like I said, you can't do nothing wrong. So it's always going to give you confidence going into games when your manager backs you. So 
That was a great quote from um, Bale after the MK game, just saying that, you know, it's a club which uh, enables you to be unapologetically yourself, which, which it must be something that you found as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's, that's, what, it, that's what it does. It just says, go and be yourself. That's why it gets you in. You know what kind of player you are. It doesn't try and change you, get behind you, gives you confidence, and you just go and express yourself. And that's what you want to do when you're a footballer. So there's always repeat recruitment. There's methods behind it, and uh, obviously that shows. And we just want you to come off it. So for fans that don't know, tell us a bit about what happened to you after you left the club. As you say, you're still playing today. Uh, yeah, just about. Um, yes, I left the club, went to Eastleigh, um, and I went back to my old club, uh, Bromley. Um, and then I just left over in February to go back to where I first started, um, a team called Cray Wanderers. Um, they're not in the Ishmael Premier League. So obviously I, I work for the chairman now and they wanted me to come back and... Uh, yeah, and I thought it was the right thing for me to do, and it's been good, and uh, I'm looking forward towards uh, next season. Great to chat to uh, Sam. Sam, Sammy Wood. Sammy Wood. Sammy, Sammy Wood. The mobile phone reception in Kenny isn't that great, is it? Uh, <laughs> Cray Runderers is where he is at, at the moment. Uh, before that, it was Dover Athletic, Bromley and Eastley. Yes, that was where it cut out were, I was just going to say, in case you were trying to work out uh, which clubs he was at. So Tuesday, the uh, tickets went on sale for the final. They did. Uh, Matt joined us on mid-mornings to uh, fill us in, if that's the right expression. Well, it all started a few weeks ago, really. Um, Wembley and the EFL get in touch with any club that is uh, within a shout of getting to the playoffs. And you start going through the motions of you know, forecasting ticket sales. Here are some processes. Here's what you need to be aware of, because as soon as you're in those playoffs, the work starts straight away. Uh, I have to really credit our ticket office, uh, headed up by Ben Griffiths, who, would you believe, tested positive for COVID on Sunday, and he's had a really rough few days of illness. He's been at home working like an absolute Trojan. Um, his team have done a phenomenal job. He was sat next to me at Burton after full time, away to my right-hand side, just um, frantically getting the ticketing website up and running so we are able to sell tickets for the playoffs at uh, 6 o'clock that evening. Uh, that process was very smooth, you know, huge sellout crowd at Adams Park. Obviously, we sold out the away end at MK and could have sold many more. Um, so lots of meetings back and forth with Wembley. And what was really pleasing for us about the Wembley final is us being able to control and take control of the ticketing process and quite often uh, they advise or, or clubs go to Ticketmaster or some of the, the big national agencies that work with Wembley and, and the supporters have to go through those channels. Uh, quite often those are more expensive in terms of the booking fees. They're unfamiliar to supporters because they've not used those systems before. We are using our Wickham Wanderers ticketing website to sell tickets for this game. You can choose your seat. If you've already got an account, you just log in, choose your seat, pay for it, and away you go. It's digital ticketing. We don't need to worry about posting and collecting. Uh, you get your ticket through on your email and your smartphone, and you just show that when you get to Wembley. Um, sounds straightforward. sounds easy, and it is really easy for the supporter. But trust me, so much hard work has gone in uh, into the back end of, of making this possible. A lot of going back and forth with Wembley. They have to approve the processes uh, as they do with Sunderland as well. Uh, we're delighted to be underway with sales. And you know, for us, the big thing is let's get tickets sold early. The more tickets we sell early, the more chance we have of increasing our allocation beyond 19,000 and getting us up to the next level, which would be 28,000. You know, we want as big a crowd as possible. Um, we know Sunderland are going to have a huge crowd. We know the size of their club and, and what a fantastic club it is for us to be going head-to-head with at Wembley. Wickham fans need to... Uh, buy early and encourage those friends, families, neighbours, colleagues, teammates, 
the guy down at the post office, the, the milkman, anyone, come along to Wembley. Let's leave High Wycombe deserted for a day. Let's have a great day out uh, and make this a real special day for the town to remember for years and years to come. So there are three phases for people to be able to get tickets. That's right. Yeah, we are underway with phase one this morning. These are for season ticket holders uh, and also those fans that waived their refund. We had a, a huge wave of generosity last year when fans bought a season ticket, weren't able to come to Adams Park because of the pandemic and, and so many supporters waived their entitlement to a refund. And we said, thank you so much. We will give you priority access wherever we can. So those supporters and season ticket holders are able to buy now. They can buy up to six tickets each. A lot of questions about what if I want to buy more than six? Um, just team up with another season ticket holder. Um, go online at the same time. You know, Get on the phone to them and just say, which seats are you choosing? And let's choose seats next to them as well, just so we can have big group bookings. And a lot of people are managing that successfully. So it's season ticket holders now for phase one. And then on Friday at 10 a.m., uh, any supporter who has a ticket history on our ticketing website from last season into this season, which is about 18,000 uh, email addresses, so it's 18,000 people on Friday morning, will be able to go on and buy up to six tickets each. And, and that is where we expect the biggest wave um, because these are all people that don't have a season ticket but have been to one, two, 10, 12, 20 games this season um, and will, of course, want to be at Wembley and bring in friends and family. So Friday is going to be a huge day in terms of ticket sales, but we're underway with phase one and, uh, yeah, so far so good. So, yeah, give us an idea of uh, when the sort of general public, if you like, can get tickets as well. So, yeah, uh, Monday morning at 10 a.m. is phase three. Uh, and this is for those fans that haven't had a ticket history with us, that haven't previously had an account. Uh, they will still need to create an account, which is really easy when you go to the ticketing website. You can go on and buy up to two tickets each. Now, that may sound a bit stingy, but you can understand Wembley processes require uh, clubs to try and put limits on potential ticketing touts and also potentially uh, opposition fans getting into home areas, certainly in big numbers. So that's why there's a limit on two per user on Monday. Um, so six per season ticket holder at the moment, six per account holder on Friday, and then general sale is, is two per person as of Monday morning. And fans would have seen a message from the chairman on the website as well, and, and which may have been sort of interpreted slightly differently than, than how it was intended. Yeah, Rob is um, a fantastic uh, beacon of energy, and, and he's he's flown back to the States. He left shortly after the uh, the MK second leg game. Of course, he'll be back over for the final. Uh, he has various business matters to attend to back in the States, but he keeps in close contact with us, and and rightly so. He is so proud and so excited uh, this opportunity for Wickham Wanderers to put themselves on the map yet again um, to make a noise and to showcase what we're all about and go into Wembley. Uh, and, you know, there's been a rallying cry from him and it's to Wickham Wanderers supporters. Okay, let's remember this message is to Wickham Wanderers supporters to get to Wembley. We're playing a club of huge stature in Sunderland, um, former Premier League club. Look at the number of fans that they get. Look at the atmosphere they generate. Look at the scenes was it three years ago they got to Wembley and played Charlton? They took over London the night before. They were in Trafalgar Square having parties. You know, this is a huge club with a massive fan base. And the chairman has, has put out a message saying to Wickham Wanderers fans, what can we do to stand shoulder to shoulder with this massive club? Let's generate all the noise. Let's get as many people down to Wembley as possible because we're taking on a huge club. Um, and I think there's a there's the reference in it to, you know, there's a Netflix show about Sunderland that shows the stature of the club. They're not making Netflix clubs about small uh, Netflix shows about small teams. They're making Netflix shows about you know, huge clubs with really passionate fan bases and interesting stories. Um, 
and that's a mark of who they are. So if it was interpreted as a dig at Sunderland, um, it was absolutely not intended that way. I know the intentions uh, of, of Robin, what he was trying to get across to Wickham Wanderers fans. Let's all puff out our chests, uh, stand tall and go to Wembley with as many fans as we possible. Make as much noise. They're a fantastic opponent, full of respect, mutual respect between the managers, the players um, and the supporters as well. Uh, we can't wait to be there. And, uh, you know, trust me, the chairman is so excited to be leading this club and to have such passionate support. Uh, and he will be amongst you wanting to make sure that Wickham Wanderers are loud and proud at Wembley Stadium. And you were saying as well how uh, easy the process is for getting tickets. Yes, so I bought my tickets yesterday and it was a very, very straightforward and easy process. I was very impressed because I have bought um, tickets for such events previously and concerts at Wembley and whatever. And sometimes it's, you know, it is a real pain and you do get the impression that everyone's trying to buy them at the same time and um, websites crash and things like that. Nothing like that at all. And the fact that the club are actually selling them themselves, they haven't gone to an external agency, which I've seen other clubs do previously, um, um, really, really impressive. It was a very, very easy and smooth process, um, and I can thoroughly recommend it. So if you are one of those people uh, who is on their ticketing database uh, but isn't a season ticket holder, isn't a subscriber, um, then definitely make sure uh, that you get your ticket tomorrow morning. Um, and then uh, if you're not one of those people, you can get your tickets on Monday. We want as many Wickham Wanderers fans there as possible because, as Matt says, you know we know that Sunderland are going to bring absolutely massive of fans uh, so the more people that can be there in the light and dark blue quarters the better online on radio player and on 106.6 fm this is wickham sound quite looking forward to next week's show already as we build up to uh, what we can only term the league one playoff final between wickham wanderers and sunderland we hope to have a longer than normal interview uh, with gareth ainsworth oh we hope so <laughs> He, you know, goes without saying, he's going to be quite busy next week, uh, but we, we, we hope to be one of those who, who are, are granted an extended interview with him. As many football fans say, it's, it's the hope that kills you. Indeed, <laughs> that's so, so true. Yes. Uh, but at least that wasn't the case on, on Sunday. No. Talking of extended interviews, on uh, Tuesday, the morning after uh, the uh, the other semi-final, shall we call it. Oh, yes. I uh, got to catch up with defender Jack Grimmer, who, uh, if you're wondering how uh, footballers spend their uh, Tuesday mornings after another playoff semi-final, here's the answer. I've just been sitting looking back through photos and videos and, you know, nowadays everything is sort of caught on camera, which is, um, it makes looking back over the memories so special. And, you know, I think to achieve it with, this club and this group of players, it's such a special, you know, bond that we have. And the manager alluded to it before, you know, the Wickham brothers, and it does almost feel like at times because, you know, everyone gets on so well and there's no, like, sort of little groups and things. And, you know, to achieve it with with that kind of group, um, it definitely makes it, you know, that little bit more special. And often in games you think, oh, you know, this player did well, this player did well, but literally every member of the team really contributed, didn't they? Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, the gaffer alluded to it as well before the game about what is your part uh, that you are playing. And, you know, that that isn't just the starting 11, that's the, the players on the bench and the players that are in the stand watching. You know, everyone has their part to play. And, and I do think that that was one of the most important things during the last promotion, that everyone did have their part to play and played it very well. So I think everyone's really doing their bit and like you say everyone sort of especially I mean not taking anything away from the players that were on the pitch because you know they definitely stood up to the task and uh, you know every single one of them performed out of their skin How did you feel going into the game because I'd heard people say oh 2-0 is quite a sort of dangerous scoreline really It is yeah it really is and we 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 did kind of know that 
you know, it's never going to be a good idea to sit back and just try to defend a two-goal lead. But MK, all credit to them, are a very, very good side, and that's why they finished where they did. But you know, thankfully, we are very good at sitting in and defending, and it just it, it just worked out like that. You know, that was probably not our game plan, um, but they managed to pin us in really well. And I thought on the night that you know they played extremely well, and it really took a lot of us to d- dig deep and you know, throw our bodies on line and, you know, Stockholm and goal was just incredible at times. So we did what we needed to do and just, you know, thankfully managed to get over the line. Obviously, I guess in a way they had to, but they they played very differently, didn't they? It was a very different approach for them from Thursday at Adams Park. Yeah, it was. I think they managed to impose their game a lot more than they did at Adams Park. I think the crowd and the pitch and you know us being at home really worked to our advantage whereas I just think they looked a lot more comfortable being at home in front of their own fans and it was always going to be that way and it was just what we did to kind of try our best to counteract that and we knew it was going to be a difficult game you know having played them twice already that season and lost twice you know I think we were under no illusions that it was going to be a massive task to even with the two-goal lead. Um, you know, they've got very dangerous players that scored a lot of goals this season. But we knew that, you know, one thing that we're very, very good at is when when the going gets tough, you know, we get together and we we grind out results. And I think we showed that in the last playoff run two years ago that the cup final was the same. Oxford were a very good team, but we managed to dig deep and, you know, really came together as a team. And I think certainly watching it, did you feel as players as well that you know the clock was sort of ticking down and you, you felt that you know they were running out of time really to sort of get something out of the game? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think it was a, a it obviously was an awkward one with the, with the timing of their goal. Um, there was a lot of uh, minutes left on the clock, and I'm sure they were thinking, you know, that we've gotten the first goal, which is the first task, and now we've got plenty of time to get the second. But you know, the way the game unfolded, it. We just unfortunately didn't manage to impose ourselves on them as much as we'd have probably liked going the other way. But, you know, we did our work in the first leg, which is, and all credit to them, they did, you know, really come out and throw everything at us in that game. But I just feel like we had already done our work in the first leg and we'd gotten the two goals that we needed. And, you know, I've seen that the, the stats were, the stats do show just how dominant MK were, but ultimately, you know, it's over two legs and, I feel that we had, you know, done a really good job in the first leg, keeping the clean sheet as well, and in getting the two goal lead, which, you know, inevitably was the defining factor that we managed to get us over the line. And so pleasing for yourself to to come on when you did and, and have a real impact on the game. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it is. It's it's good doing your bit on the bench, but I don't think you can quite, you know, compare that feeling to actually being on the on the pitch and you know, running the hard yards and, you know, winning the headers and the tackles and really fighting for the cause. So to, to be able to get that sort of input in the last few minutes and just kind of shore up the defence um, was a great feeling. And uh, I think I was one of the few players that had the energy to run the length of the pitch and celebrate with the fans when when the final whistle went, which was a great feeling. That was really special, those, those scenes at the end. And, and, and you must have great memories of, of that and yeah, sort of having that and the, the, the celebrating with the fans and the team, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it was it was interesting because when I was on the bench, I think I'd chewed away all my nails because I was that nervous and, you know, wanting the boys to do well. And then as soon as you go on, there was an element of, of calmness because you kind of know what you have to do and you're focused on what you have to do. And I also wanted to instill that into the team, which I thought we were very good at. I thought everyone was remained calm and, you know, didn't get too ahead of themselves at any point in the game, which is, you know, a sort of real 
sort of show of, of how good we are at doing that. But the scenes at, at full time, the, the great memories, to be honest. And I think it's it just shows you how much the fans have an impact on us. You know, the, the, no one wanted to leave the pitch after the game because it just felt it was such a special moment getting to share it with the fans after all this time. You know, two years ago, there was no one there. So it was a, a truly special moment. I'm really interested hearing you say that you know the work was done in the first leg, which is sort of a carbon copy, if you like, of the game against Fleetwood, where it was a, such a fantastic start to the the playoff semi-finals, and, and it really felt that you know that was the great kind of foundation that you need ahead of the second game. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know it was quite similar to the uh, we didn't quite blow MK away as much as we did Fleetwood, but you're right, the, the game is over two legs, and I think if you can do the work early on, you know, you give yourself you know really something to to fight for. And you see last night, you know, Sunderland did the same. They almost did the work in the first time leg and then, you know, they, they had that goal to fall back on when they conceded. And it just shows you getting the work in early, I think, is is it does really help you in the long run. Um, having said that, you know, if we'd have drawn or lost the first leg, I'd have still really fancied this group of players to go and get something out of the game. But you can only play, you know, what the game gives you. So, yeah, I think we were very aware of the work that we'd put in in the first leg and, I think the way that the game had unfolded, we knew that they'd be nervous of how well we can dig in at times. That proved the case. And obviously the, the team's experience must must really count for something. Obviously having, having been there in 2020, and you yourself, of course, have, have, have great great uh, experience of being at Wembley as well. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was an interesting one because the, the gaffer, just before the game, asked the whole changing room, can you please stand up if you've been involved in the playoffs previously at any club or at any level? And um, I would say a good 90% of the squad stood up. And I think it just shows you the experience that we have. And he alluded to the fact that the other teams, you know, will not have as much experience as us, which is, uh, you know, true. And it, it proved to be that way against MK. I think experience came into it in the end. So I think you're right. We do have experiences to draw on and having been at Wembley before in a, a packed stadium, you know, hopefully I can pass on some good information and experience and advice to, to some of the other boys that'll, that'll help them on the day. Does it feel like a real pressure occasion or does it, do, do you just block all that out? And, and it sounds like a cliche, doesn't it? But is it just another game? I know. I think it's funny that actually, because I think the cliche saying is, oh, it's just another game, you know, three o'clock kickoff. It's, it's just like a league game, but you know, for a fact, it's not. Um, and I think you can't really hide away from the fact because your body just tends to react differently because your body itself knows this is not another game. No, you know, no matter how much your mind might try to tell yourself that. I think you have to embrace it. I think you have to stand up to it with your chest out. And, you know, I think there is teams that maybe go to Wembley previously that haven't, you know, almost managed to do that. And I think that's you know, maybe why they've ended up in the, the bad side of the result. But I think as a team and the togetherness that we have, you know, I'm sure everyone will be together and you know really looking forward to it I think that's the the main thing is you have to look forward to this challenge and obviously motivation won't be an issue but is there an extra kind of drive to want to do it for the fans obviously because supporters couldn't make it to to Wembley the last time and indeed see many championship games either yeah you're spot on you're you're absolutely spot on I think um you know even seeing the fans last night sorry on Sunday night I've never heard them sing so much for so little um (laughs) I think we it's safe to say the stats, you know, back up this point that we got battered for the full game and um, I never heard them stop singing, which I don't think they realised how important that was for us, you know, just to keep us ticking over and to give back to them in some way, especially after the last time. I mean, the, the first time the club's in the championship, there's no fans allowed. It's just the terrible timing. 
Um, so to do it again this time with the fans there, um, you know, I think for the players as much as the fans, I think everyone's just really wanting it. And do you as players notice, if that's the right word, how, how sort of well things are going, like at the season, or are you kind of so focused? Because it feels like, you know, they, obviously in January, I think it was the top of the table for a period, but always been challenging in the, in the top six throughout the whole campaign, really. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, we did. We never shied away from the fact that we did want promotion and promotion was our aim. Um, you know, maybe some other teams kind of be like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll take top six or we'll have a go at it. But we, we as players, after the way we finished last season, sort of said to each other, listen, we want to get promoted this season. And I think it's good when that sort of pressure comes from within the changing room, you know, in, instead of, you know, maybe with the teams like Sunderland, Chef Wednesday, that pressure's placed on them by the fans or by the media. And I think, you know, we did play, I think it was MK Dons when we went into the home tie in the league. We were top of the league at that point. And then we went through a phase of not, you know, just managing to win for seven games, which the league is so tough that it'll that'll kill your season. And, you know, that's the way it proved for us in regards to getting the top two. But we then said that if we then had a strong finish to the season, that we could get back in the playoffs and, and we would be the form team that no one wanted. And that's the way it's proved. It's fantastic, isn't it? Because there was that period where, you know, there's seven games without a win, but now, you know, 12 unbeaten. And there seems to be so many positives in that, you know, the, the amount of uh, less amount of goals conceded, uh, the amount of shots that you, on you have during games and just things like, you know, different styles of, of play that you can adapt to as well. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. I think we consciously made a choice and a change right after after the Atkinson Stanley game and just before the, the that little run came to an end against Cambridge when we won at home 3 0 that we changed little elements of the way that we were playing and we worked on a few different things in training and then we literally just hit the ground running from there on in and like you said twelve unbeaten and if if we kept the run going we knew we'd hit form at the right time. And going into the playoffs, we are the team, the form team probably in the league. And, you know, but, but having said that, every team finished strongly. That's just the way the league was this season. It was such a competitive league. And But yeah, we've, we've finished the season strongly. And, and like you say, I think that feel-good factor of being unbeaten for 12 games has really carried us through. And does it really feel that you've taken your experience from playing in the Championship into the season, which will really stand you in good stead for uh, the final and, and hopefully going back? Yeah, I think it has. I think especially the way we finished last season was so important. I think, you know, if we'd finished last season the way we started last season, having lost six or seven games on the bounce, I think it would have been a different start to this season. But I felt like we really took the good form from last season into this year. And that kind of gave us our own expectancy that we wanted to do well and we wanted to get promoted. And, you know, the feel good factor was already there because we were so close to staying up, you know, there was no negativity coming into this season. And I think that's like you said there, that we have been challenging the top six all season. And I think that, you know, that's a credit to the gaffer and the staff and all the players and just everyone associated with the club that apart from that, maybe seven game streak, we've been relentless throughout the season. And that's why inevitably you find yourself at Wembley with a, a chance of getting back to the championship. When you mentioned the manager, I mean, it's, it must be a real reaping of, of the rewards, the, the you know the motivation and the positivity that he he brings to the group as well, and his management team, of course. Yeah, it was it was a really interesting one for me seeing him last season actually because you know I think it's it's great being positive and it's easier being positive when you're winning every week, but I think he actually really showed me how just how positive he was last season when you know things were not going well and we were getting beat every other week because it was such a challenging league and 
the positivity just never left him. And I think that just now everyone knows just what he's about and how positive he is. And that just oozes throughout the squad. And like I said previously, he, he, he kind of goes on about every player in the squad has a, a part to play. And I, I do truly believe that. And I'm learning that more now that I'm out of the team than when I was in the team. You still sort of feel important and you still feel part of the squad. And it is a squad game. And um I think that's been one of the best things that he's got right this season was, you know, the whole squad just feels together. And going into the final, do you, do you as players feel the real kind of wave of support which seems to be gathering from, you know, both obviously fans at the ground, but also in the town generally as well? Yeah, definitely. I think that is the, it's obviously the excitement building for the fact that we're at Wembley, but the fact that everyone was watching from, you know, probably the comfort of their own home during the last playoff final, I think, there is that added bit of excitement. You know, I think the fans were desperate, you know, to be there with us the last time around. So the fact that we're able to give back to them through two years of set of cheering us on from, you know, basically their living rooms is just a great feeling, to be honest with you. It's, it, as players, you obviously want to play at Wembley, but it's that added factor that, that the fans will be back and we're able to give them that day out that they, you know, so sorely missed last time. So what will preparations be like for the final or is it just another game? Uh, it's a difficult one because you're obviously on, on cloud nine on Sunday. And then I think uh, I mentioned before about, I think everyone afterwards was just sort of, I mean, the fans and everyone's probably the same. You just kind of felt emotionally spent. I think everyone had put so much into the game that, you know, thankfully the gaffer had given us a few days off to just recover and spend time with your, your family and friends and, you know, just kind of rest up and recharge a little bit. But, you know, there's plenty of time to work towards the game and work on our game plan for Sunderland because, you know, I think it's 13 days between the second leg and then the final. So there's plenty of time to recharge the batteries and then, you know, get in and, and do the work. But, you know, it is, it literally is another, as much as the expectancy around the game is there, you you still have to do the same things, prepare the same way, and which will, which will no doubt do. The gaffer will give us our game plan and, you know, we'll work on that in the training ground and then before you know it, hopefully we'll be at Wembley and, and it'll be a great day. Really fantastic to hear from Jack. Absolutely fantastic. Really, really nice long interview. In fact, so long that actually we haven't even really got time to say goodbye.